listening to Rumination Thursday Law and Gospel on this December the 12th in the year of our Lord 2019. And with us, of course, on the air is Wes Reimnitz. Hi, Wes. Hi, Tom. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. And uh, each week I'm always looking forward to see what you're going to find. There's There's a lot <laughs> of things that people are against Christianity, but I never thought you'd find something in an article where they're talking about the Sabbath and they're talking about, well, this is necessary for people to take a day of rest, and all of a sudden it becomes an article uh, talking about how Christianity isn't true. It was wild, wasn't it? I, I took a look at that, and I said, let's take a look at the comments that are going that associate with this article on the Sabbath. And I thought, whoa, boy, did this get hijacked and go into a different direction. It, it sure did, and people need to understand this. Uh, the Sabbath, they first of all do talk about that, and a lot of people think the word Sabbath means seventh day, or they think it means Saturday, but it actually means day of rest or worship. Yes, a, a day of rest. And they point out that Judaism, Orthodox Jews, their Sabbath is Saturdays, and for most Christians, uh, will worship on Sunday. But I've made the point a lot of times that anytime you're in worship is a Sabbath, and uh this season, a lot of people are worshiping on Wednesdays. Wednesdays, yes. And then you've got churches like Mark Smith that have a Saturday service. Some have a Monday service. We're going to be coming into Monday, Thursday, Good Friday. And a lot of have an mm. Easter Saturday uh, night service. But the only day they don't have a service is Tuesday, but even there they will if it's a funeral, for example. So there isn't a day of the week that can't be a Sabbath. Well, during the time of the Reformation, didn't they have worship every day or chapel? Yes, yes. And uh, remember, they had those hours, the monasteries had, the matins, the vespers, etc., etc. Et so the article really is making a point that people need to slow down. And there was a ordained Baptist minister uh, who started talking about that to his uh, uh, congregations because the annual convention of the American Psychological Association suggested that constantly staring at screens all day uh, may be making us more distracted, distant, and drained and uh, other studies of social media have linked it to everything from loneliness to disrupted sleep. Now, I find that interesting because, boy, I went to Target because I get a monthly calendar there. And uh, right. each, each page has a m whole month on it. And I, I couldn't buy it because they don't start their weeks anymore on Sunday what day do they start them on? Monday. You yes. Know that, yes. And I can't understand that. Yeah, that calendar um, was started back in the 80s, I believe, by 
by a guy by the name of Cully, who started it uh, Business Day on Saturday or Monday, running through the weekend. And then then Saturday and Sunday became kind of a half day slash. Yes, and for you and me, look how many things we might have on a Sunday. There's not enough room to write them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know I've got four, four congregations I'm dealing with, and then there's always some uh, eating to do, and then some meetings, etc. Sunday's one of the busiest days, and it's the first day of the week. Week, yes. And why they moved it to Monday is beyond me. And I still haven't found a small calendar. Some of the big calendars all start with Sunday, but the ones that fit in your pocket don't. And I'm still looking for one, so we'll see what happens here. Mm. Now, this whole idea about uh, a week, uh, one of the comments said that that week came about because of the Babylonians. They invented a a week. But I I find it really interesting. I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm sure you're going to know the answers, hopefully. (laughs) I hope I do. How do we measure the length of a year? Length of a year? Yes. Well, 365 days. I know, but how did we get that? I don't remember. It's the amount of time it takes the Earth to go around the sun. Oh, to go around the sun, yeah. And how do we measure a month? That has to do with the moon. Hmm. Oh, the, the the full moon. Right. Quarter moons, yeah. And how do we measure a day? How long did we figure that out? Well, in hours. Well, no, but how do we measure it? 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of time it takes the Earth to rotate once. Right. Yeah, or once. Yeah. Now. No, no, let me finish. So we've got the year, the month, and the day all dealing with something in the solar system. How about Mm -hmm. a week? What does that come from? Seven days, creation. That's right. It only is found in the Bible. There is no astronomical reason for seven days like there is for a year a month, and a day. Mm. And now these people are saying, well, it was the Babylonians that invented it. Remember, when Israel was taken into Babylonian captivity, they already had a week. You know, as the Lord said, six days you shall work, and the seventh you shall rest. So this idea that a week was invented by human beings just to have a rest makes no sense at all. Yeah. You know, they kind of when you when you talk about that the Babylonians came up with a week, it kinda of reminds me of uh, my seminary days with uh Doctor Ray Serberg and his teaching of Genesis. And and one of the facts he always pointed out was he says, Remember the flood and how people came about, you know, after the flood, Noah and his children, and they repopulated the earth. And then you get into the Tower of Babel, where the languages, people's uh, languages were confused, that uh, 
some of these so-called other church places like the flood, the, the seven-day week, things like that, grew out of those uh, those languages which have its origin in, in Noah. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt that the time of a week and the time of rest comes right out of Scripture. But these people don't want to believe Scripture. It's just an attack against Christianity. And um, it's kind of interesting that I make a distinction between the Sabbath and my day of rest. Uh, mm. As a pastor, if I want a day of rest, uh, the only day I have where I don't have things already set up is Friday. Now, I know some pastors have Monday as a day of rest. The office isn't open, this sort of thing. And they, right, right. But, um, no, uh, Friday right now is because of the churches I'm going to and the other things that I have to do on the various days, uh, like uh, Radio On, Issues, etc., and uh, getting everything ready. Monday's a big day for me because I have to get all the sermons set up and the bulletins set up at the various congregations. So if I'm looking for a kind of a day of rest where I can sleep in, Friday's the only day. Sunday is not a day of rest for pastors. No. Oh, that, uh, I don't know about you, but uh, come the end of Sunday, I was always strange. Yes, and so we have to understand what God meant by a day of rest. What he meant by it was... It's the opposite of work where we now rest in God. Remember, Adam and Eve, boy, they could talk and walk with God uh, in the Garden of Eden. But when they sinned and they left, um, God still went with them. And that's why I think the second and third commandments are so important. Yeah, from the Old Testament, it was Exodus 35 and Leviticus 23. In Leviticus 23, it says there are six days that you may work, but the seventh day is a holy day, yes. a Sabbath of rest, a day of sacred assembly. The second commandment says, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, which means we're supposed to use it properly. And that's what happens when we use it in worship. And remember the mm-hmm. Sabbath day, that's another gift that God returns to us that Adam and Eve had where he now talks to us. I've often said that in a worship service, it's Jesus leading the worship service. Worship service. So really, Sabbath is is a way or a sign of pointing to Jesus. Yes, all the time. Whereas... The comment section on this, after they were talking about the importance of having a day of rest, the problem is I didn't see anywhere in the article that that rest would include worship. It really means rest from work and maybe going golfing or something like that, but the church didn't appear to be an option for your day of rest. That that's, uh, was the other thing that I caught in there, too. And then in the comment section... They wanted to debunk the Bible completely as a, as fable and myth. Well, yeah, the Bible is a compendium of fireside tales and fables. The New Testament is also hearsay 
since these letters, gospels, and stories were written by the loyal, faithful, the camp followers, not by objective historians at that particular time or by any contemporary writers. I don't know who they thought Moses was. And these tales (laughs) were written many years. Now get this. After the supposed events of this mythical Jesus. And the next sentence, there is no verifiable evidence of Jesus in real documented history. Mm. Now, not only is Jesus mentioned in letters the Romans talk about, but he's certainly found in other letters and books outside of the Bible. To, to doubt that Jesus existed is really ridiculous. But, of course, it takes faith to understand why Advent talks about his incarnation, of becoming a human being. And they say half of the stories were ignored and none have been proven to be based on fact. Uh, don't they listen to archaeology anymore? <laughs> Yeah, well, what comes to mind is they found the uh, walls of Jericho, and they could still not explain why they, why uh, such a fortified city was able to, to fall apart. Yes, the the critic of the Bible calls it the Babel book. He says this Babel book is backed up by absolutely no facts and no evidence. It is not proof for any gods. Or of any Jesus. Now, you know, when I read that, it kind of reminded me again of uh, Serberg's Genesis class. He, he he pointed out an article that was written back in the 30s and 40s that it, that the Bible was myth because in the Old Testament it talked about Uriah the Hittite, and there was no such thing as uh, the Hittite Empire. Until one day an archaeologist came and uncovered and found a library and and a whole civilization of the Hittites. I really have a problem with what this fella says for this reason. This book is backed up by absolutely no facts and no evidence. You see, we're living in a world now that people have to have scientific evidence for what we believe, and I'll tell you why this bothers me. It moves ministers, pastors, and theologians to attempt to give evidence. Mm. And that's not our task. What what we believe really about the Bible, there really is no evidence at all uh, outside of the Bible. I mean, proving that Jesus existed the person still goes to hell because what the Bible says is that he also is God. He also is your redeemer. And there's no evidence of that outside of the Bible. Well, what I hear you saying is there's two types of faith going on there. Yes. One is called historical faith. The other one is saving faith. Yes. And, and, and people who try and, uh, give a defense of the faith by going outside the Bible. I think they're just, um, I don't know who they're talking to, because apart from faith, you'll never 
understand the Bible, and there's just simply no evidence to prove what we believe about Jesus Christ. Uh, specifically, where is there evidence of a trinity outside of the Bible? Where is there evidence that when he died on the cross, yeah, you could find evidence he died on the cross outside the Bible, but where is the evidence that that was paying for our sins? Right. Well, it really comes down to saving faith, where if one believes that Jesus died on the cross for you, that his blood covers your, your sins, is it not? Yes. Yeah, um, the, the fellow goes on, wants your God? Try showing some real evidence improving the God of yours. And there's a lot of people, Bart D. Ehrman is an author who wrote an article or a book, Did Jesus Exist? Exist, yeah. Yes, and a lot of people are wondering, did he exist at all? Well, I don't need to have any evidence outside of the Bible because the Bible is the Word of God. I I saw recently, oh, it was an article trying to show that what the Bible said was correct, and then they quoted from some uh, pagan book uh, that was saying that this really did happen. And it suddenly hit me that they're putting their trust in a pagan book rather than just leaving the Bible. I I couldn't care less what books outside the Bible say about Jesus, etc., because they don't move anybody closer to faith. Because faith is a gift from the Holy Spirit that only comes about by hearing the gospel message, not by hearing evidence. Right. Yeah, that's why when I picked up these articles and took a look at it, I put up that that uh, T account that we had talked about, man's religion versus God's religion. Yes. And and you just you could just categorically go down that uh, they wanted evidence that God. They, even there was a guy who 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 uh, did rational thought, and we know that uh, even in his basics, that our our thoughts are are corrupted through original sin. But rationally, they were going to try and figure out that God didn't exist. Yes. I think here's the world, and we need to understand this, uh, this one person who doesn't agree with the Bible. Should I believe in a God whose existence cannot be proven? Mm. Now, all Christians believe in a God whose existence cannot be proven, except from the Scripture. And therefore, Mm. what he goes on and says... The Jesus story was embellished and mythicized by many semi-fiction writers. A descent into hell, a bodily resurrection, and ascension stories were promulgated to compete with the Caesar myths. Now, I find that interesting that the disciples were willing to be martyred just because they were trying to be equal to the Caesar myths. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that too, and, and it, he negates as a, as a true uh, one who would really uh, search the uh, scriptures or or search the uh, 
the book carefully because if you if you look at it you can see Jesus in it from Genesis all the way to Revelation it's a, it's a story about Jesus yes yeah this uh, rational person says as far as one knows or can tell there is no Abraham which was the foundations of Judaism Christianity and Islam he was non-existent there was no Moses uh, there was no uh, Gabriel there was no Easter that is, Christianity completely fails as a religion. And he goes through a whole bunch of these items saying, unless there is evidence for them. And we need to be really careful that we don't turn our sermons, our Bible studies into evidence for what we believe. We just speak mm. the word of God. Now, apologetics is a defense of the faith. And there's about eight different kinds. The one I'm speaking against is called evidential apologetics. But, uh, for example, archaeology can show things really did exist. Uh, you just mentioned a couple of them. And so there's no doubt that uh, we do use apologetics properly. And when we talk about the Sabbath, this is a time of rest from our work to rest in the word of God. And how many times do we get compliments from people about saying, well, that was a wonderful worship service. And the reason is, is because they're now leaving the church with a comfort that they did not have when they walked in. Yeah, that kind of reminds you of Matthew 11. Come unto me, all that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Exactly. That's what we we entail to do on a Sunday morning to the worship service. Yeah, um, I'm at a church right now, and they have a sign as you leave. You are now entering the mission field. I think the mission field is also in the church. Church, yeah. Yeah. We need to hear that every Sunday. We do. We do. And um, it, it's really a shame that only about... 30 to 40% of members attend worship on a regular Sunday. Now, some have jobs and other reasons, but uh, it's not at all unusual. Uh, I, I know of a congregation had, they said they had over 1,000 members, but only 110 communed once during the whole year. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh, it was one of my field workers had taken that as a vicarage, and uh, that's what he was showing me. And so the mission is not only outside, there's no doubt about that, but it's also within the church. And we people need to strike out against these individuals who are trying to deny the Bible simply by quoting the Bible, because there is no evidence for what we truly believe that saves us but only the Holy Scriptures and the Word there. Word. And it kind of reminds me, too, though, the Holy Spirit works through the Word. Yes. And, and, and thus, if they, they have no faith or saving faith, they have no Holy Spirit, in, it's going to sound like nonsense to them. Yes. And, and that's why it's really important that a proper preacher is simply repeating what God says in the Bible. Bible. And um, 
I, I don't have a problem using science to show that creation is a much better fact than evolution. That's a pretty good apologetics in that area. But it's not proving the Bible. It's just proving the nonsense of evolution. Right. Yeah, it's not a mixing of, of science. That's why I thought the article, The Science of the Sabbath, was was a mixing of, of uh, secular science and, and the Bible itself. Yeah, it's really interesting. The scriptures make it clear that we need a day of rest and in worship is best. Now, science is finally figuring out with all these people with their heads buried in computers, it's causing psychological problems. They need a day of rest. <laughs> Not just only their computers, but turn off their cell phones. Oh, my. Yes. Yeah, it's not at all unusual to go to a restaurant and everybody is talking to other people on their cell phones instead cell of the phone. people at the table. <laughs> yes, I've seen that many times. All right. Good deal again. We'll look forward to next week, whatever you're going to be coming up with. That's uh, Wes Reimnitz, folks. And we're listening to Law and Gospel. Tomorrow's Open Mic Friday. If you got a question on anything we've said, don't hesitate to ask. I'm Tom Baker. Wes Reimnitz says goodbye. And we hope to see each other next week to continue these conversations. God bless. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.